episode 783, Happy St. Patrick's Day. To bridge the gap between free agency and the NFL draft, we're joined by J.P. Kadoran of Spectrum Sports, who gives us his report from the Wisconsin Pro Day, where Packers general manager Ted Thompson was in attendance. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and we're transitioning from free agency to the NFL draft. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone today. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We have J.P. Kadoran of Spectrum Sports joining us live from Greenville, South Carolina, where he's covering Marquette basketball. J.P., how does your bracket look so far? <laughs> Going to be honest, not great. Not exactly sure. Not sure what I was thinking, but I'm having fun. and That's all that matters, right? There, there weren't a lot of upsets yesterday, so you must have picked a lot. Yeah, I was just kind of going, you know what, I think I was just going for the win. I think I was trying to outsmart everybody else and trying to outsmart myself, and apparently it worked. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, good luck the rest of the way. we got a lot of Packers Thank talk you. to get to here. The Packers officially lost tight end Jared Cook on Thursday as he signed with the Oakland Raiders. So, JP, did it catch you by surprise when the Packers decided not to resign him? Um, I think it was a surprise, but I don't think that means it was the wrong move. You know, I think that they've invested a lot more money in that tight end position, you know, with $7 million a year to, to Martellus Bennett and another $2 million to Lance Kendrick. So it's more than, more than Cook just got with the Raiders at $6 million a year. But, again, I don't, I don't think that's a mistake. I think that you now have more weapons. I mean, we all know Cook wasn't on the field for half the year, it seemed like. Um, so I think they have more weapons and more reliability. And I think now they've improved their passing attack. You know, I think – Bennett is probably better than Cook was, and I think Kendricks is probably a little bit worse. So if you add those two together, you get you definitely get an upgrade. So I was definitely surprised because of how much of a priority we all thought it was, how much of a priority Aaron Rodgers thought it was to bring him back. But apparently they had other plans, and I can't say that those other plans were worse. Yeah, I think if you look at it, uh, Lance Kendricks being maybe an upgrade over Richard Rodgers, perhaps um, that could be a net gain as well. Um, but, but JP free agency has slowed to a crawl since our last episode of Railbird Central on Wednesday, but do you think the Packers surprise us yet with another signing? Cause there's been rumors about Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles and other players. Is, is that a possibility? It's a possibility. I mean, I've certainly been surprised with the one so far, you know, so if he surprises us with another one, I guess I can't be too shocked, but it's just not the way that this. Packers front office works. This is not what they're going to do. You know, normally we wouldn't have anything to talk about by now. So I, I certainly don't expect one, um, especially when you have all the draft picks coming up. Um, and, and those are names, you know, just an Adrian Peterson signing just doesn't sound like what this team needs. I mean, just based on what he did last year, I don't know why that's a thing they would even go after. So I don't know. I, I certainly am not expecting expecting one so it, it would surprise me a lot if they got another one uh, I'm right there with you I think it, it would surprise me as well if they did um, I've asked several of our recent guests the same question but now that this this first wave of free agency is over 
What do you think stands out as the Packers' biggest team need entering the NFL draft? Um, you know, I think it's, first of all, I think it's kind of surprising just how many guys have left through free agency. Um, we knew, I mean, it was a huge list of free agents. We knew they weren't going to keep all of their guys. I didn't even want them to keep all of their guys. You know, I think that they've upgraded by letting some guys even go. Um, so, so going into the draft, you know, I, they obviously need somebody to play running back, whether it's they're the one A to Ty Montgomery's one B, or they get a true number one somehow, or even if they they they're finding somebody to be a number two behind Ty Montgomery, they need somebody else there. And then obviously the defense is just yeah, oh, the defense is what it was last year. You know, I mean they need they need a lot of help at every position. The problem for me is that you've been trying to draft your defense to try and try and draft and develop your defense over the past how many years, specifically in the first round, and what do you have to show for it? You know, you have all these first-round picks that really haven't panned out. And so you need some growth out of those guys, and I'm a little bit nervous for them to do it again with more draft picks and, and more defensive players that they're finding because right now the results aren't there. Yeah, uh, those holes are going to have to be filled by the NFL draft because, like you said, it would be a surprise if they had anybody in free agency. But, but JP, we're glad to have someone on the show that was at the UW Pro Day on Wednesday because of the Packers' presence there. Ted Thompson was in attendance. Could you glean any information about who he might be watching? Um, not really. I think if if he gave any indication, he has a lot of company because he's always <laughs> blending into the background with all the other coaches. You know, yeah. you've been there. Um, they, uh, you know, they routinely get pretty much all 32 NFL teams there. There's a great turnout once again. They had a, I think because the Badgers had so many players represented, you know, they had eight, nine guys with a real potential to play in the NFL. Um, I do know he wasn't looking at long snapper. I know when, uh, <laughs> when Connor Udelhoven was doing his drills, Ted Thompson was nowhere to be found. Um, so you can eliminate that. Uh, as for who he might be watching, you know, I think for me the two obvious names are T.J. Watt and Vince Beagle. I mean, those those guys are obvious potential NFL players um, who you can only imagine what they're going to look like once they get into an NFL training camp, an NFL weight room, um, and I think they would obviously both be good fits for the Packers. Um, Corey Clement, Daria Gumbawale, I don't necessarily know if they were looking at those running backs. I think that there are – they're much better running backs than Daria Gumbawale, unfortunately, even though when he talked to reporters, he said that he's been getting a lot of comparisons from teams to James White, which certainly after the Super Bowl, that's not a bad comparison to get at all. <laughs> um, you know, and, and then the two the two defensive backs are interesting to me, Leo Musso and Sojourn Shelton. Both of them, I think, are, are undersized, um, which is just a shame because they're both tremendous players. I mean, they're both fantastic. I think that both of them are kind of asking – teams and asking the world to doubt them because that's when they can thrive. I think they're, they're almost daring teams to pass on them, you know, specifically the Omuso. The kid is just an athletic freak. I, I got lucky and, and was able to capture some good pictures with my phone. As I was, as I was taping with my camera, I had my phone in my other hand, just trying to take pictures and got a great one of Leo Musso doing the standing broad jump where he jumped 10 foot six, wow. um, which is, I mean, it's insane. The kid is, is seriously athletic. Um, the problem is he's short, you know, and, and teams get scared off by that. Um, so I hope I hope somebody gives him a shot because I think he's one of the guys that, that can really make it. Um, but to go back and answer your question the long way around, I don't know who Ted Thompson was watching. 
short of he better have been watching those two linebackers. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was watching everybody. Uh, but to, yeah. to dig a little deeper into these linebackers, another person Packers fans are familiar with was there as well, Kevin Green, now the outside linebackers coach with the Jets, formerly of the Packers, recent Hall of Famer inductee. Uh, he put T.J. Watt and Vince Beagle through drills. Could you tell us what that was like? Yeah, how cool was that? Man? It was that and Joey Porter from the Pittsburgh Steelers doing ah, that. Nice. I mean, that is that is a heck of a workout there. Watson, you know, he was just trying to soak up everything he could working out with that group. Um, it, it, for the most part, it was they looked the same. Um, I've covered probably seven or eight pro days now. It basically looked the same as all the other ones. They really try and work your hips, see if you, how your lateral movement is, see how quickly you can change directions, and if you do it the right way. Um, the, the cool part was, and I don't know if this had anything to do with Kevin Green at all, um, Watt and Beagle were basically going, playing one-on-one, that they would rotate in and out, and it would be Watt as a receiver or a tight end, more than likely, and Beagle covering him as a linebacker and then flip it around and do the next rep the other way. Okay. Um, Watt, and Watt had a, a, an amazing one-handed grab on a catch that everybody joked afterwards that it reminded him of his tight end days when he was playing tight end for the Badgers. Um, and then, of course, the next play, uh, Beagle made a play on the ball. So it was just that was just really fun to watch. Again, I don't know if that's because of Kevin Green or Joey Porter, but uh, it was fun to watch. <laughs> Very cool. Um, do you think either Watt or Badgers offensive lineman Ryan Ramchick will fall to number 29 where the Packers pick? And do you think either is a realistic option for the Packers? I don't think Ramchek is going to be there. I think that he's such a prototypical Wisconsin offensive lineman that teams know what they're going to get with him. That I think he's going to get snatched up pretty early. I don't know if it's going to be in the top ten like uh, the mock drafts had, you know, a month, two, three months ago. Um, but I still think it'll be pretty high. Watt, I, I think there's a chance he could fall. I don't think he should. I think there's a chance he could though. I, I distinctly remember after JJ's pro day, you know, five, six years ago, whatever it was. I distinctly remember saying, man, if I'm an NFL team, I don't know that I would pass him up. You know, just the way that he yep. he was acting and the way he looked at Pro Day, I was I don't know if I could stomach passing him up. Um, and it's, it's sort of the same thing with TJ. Not that I would take him first overall, but he's only been playing defense for a year and a half. You know, I mean, he was so good last year, and there's, there's an enormous way for him, room for him to grow. There seriously is. He could, he could become so good at this position. So... Um, in that sense, I certainly don't think Watt is going to last at 29. You know, there's obviously a chance that Ted Thompson could trade up. Um, he did it with B.J. Raji and Clay Matthews that year, but uh, I, I just don't. I don't see it happening. Unfortunately, I see I see both of those players gone before the Packers make their pick at 29. Uh, how did the running backs look, specifically Corey Clement? It, it just kind of in my mind. I'm like, well, he's a big back. The Packers just lost a big back with Eddie Lacy. Uh, how did he look on Wednesday? Yes, yeah, uh, he made himself some money. I know that. I mean, he he made such an improvement over the combine. Uh, his numbers at the combine. He, I think he went from like a four five four to a four two a four five four from a four six eight. I think is what I saw. Um, so I'm happy for him. He he looked good. You know, obviously he looked in shape. Physically looked good, um, and, and he performed well. I think that. You know, I th- uh, Wisconsin running backs have been unfairly criticized for a long time of running behind such an offensive line. But with Melvin Gordon and James White doing what they're doing, you know, there's a little bit of new life um, for Badgers running backs. So I think he has to capitalize on that and, and kind of 
overwrite a, I don't want to, by no means was it a disappointing Badgers career, but I think that his vision of what his junior and senior year would have been like is nowhere near what it actually turned out to be. Um, so I think that, you know, if, if it was me running a team, to, to break it down, if it was me running a team, I probably think that there are a few other running backs I would go with before Clement. You know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. he's probably the 10th or 11th maybe 12th running back that I would take. So if the Packers wanted them, I, I would just hope that, you know, they took their shot with somebody else first. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, last question here for you, uh, uh, JP. According to the Wisconsin State Journal, wide receiver Rob Wheelwright said he met with the Packers at Pro Day. Uh, he wasn't invited to the NFL Combine. So do, do you think he can make it in the NFL? Yeah, Wheelwright has been an interesting case because we've – you know, I, I cover the Badgers pretty regularly, at least in terms of game days and practices uh, occasionally throughout the fall. And Wheelwright is a name that I've been hearing for the last four years. And I keep hearing about his potential and how he wants to make a break in the depth chart. And, and realistically, throughout his four years, he could never really make an impact. You know, we were we were always waiting for him. We were always waiting for him to make that jump and to, and to break through the depth chart and become a go-to wide receiver. And, and to be honest, it never really happened. I think last year was definitely good. It was his best year, but I don't know that it was great, you know? And, and if you want to make it in the NFL and break into an NFL depth chart, how are you going to do that when you couldn't even break through the Badgers depth chart? So, I mean, obviously I, please prove me wrong, Rob Wheelwright, please prove me wrong. I would love nothing more if you succeeded and were another great Badger in the NFL but just based on what I've seen, I don't see it happening, unfortunately. Again, could be wrong. Not a problem if I am wrong. But based on what I've seen throughout the four years at Wisconsin, I don't see it happening. Hopefully it gets a chance in a training camp somewhere and, and at least gets the opportunity uh, to prove it. Uh, JP, thanks so much. Uh, prediction for the Marquette game tonight? Ooh, uh, well, first of all, we have another 12 hours thanks to the NCAA's <laughs> brilliant scheduling. Tip-off scheduled for 9.50 Eastern, oh, which is just so unbelievable. Um, I think that they, they obviously have a good chance to win. Their three-point shooting is going to carry them. I mean, that's, that's been their MO all year. If the shots are falling, they're in good shape. I don't think the, the environment is going to be too much for them. Not when you play in the Big East all year. You play at Madison Square Garden. They're used to this stage, so it's just a matter of how they execute. Uh, I'm going to hope for a good shooting day and, and think that they get it. Sounds good. You going to all four games in Greenville? Oh, that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> you got that's a long, to do. long day ahead of you today. Thank you exactly. so much for getting up early and talking Packers with us. Appreciate it. Enjoy the games. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. Good to talk to you. Yep. Take care. J.P. Cadoran joining us here at Railbird Central on a Friday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Today's show was brought to you by Beer Rock, Madison's upcoming craft beer bar, of which I am the prospective owner. We've started a GoFundMe campaign to raise startup capital for the project and hope you'll consider contributing. Here's a clip we created for the campaign. Please take a listen. Hey everyone, this is Brian Caravu, and hopefully sometime soon you'll know me as the owner of Beer Rock, a craft beer bar in Madison, Wisconsin. You might be asking, what the heck is a Beer Rock? Well, it's the family recipe of my wife Amanda, and it's going to be the signature item on our menu. In its simplest terms, a Beer Rock is similar to a pasty, except better. 
It's a savory pastry filled with beef, sauerkraut, onion, cheese, and seasoning. At least that's the traditional version. We also plan on having other various interpretations. How does a Korean birok with pork and kimchi sound? To make this a reality, however, we need your help. We're looking to get a small business loan to do all sorts of things like lease a property and buy all the equipment we need. That's why we set up a GoFundMe campaign. Your donation will go towards the equity needed to secure that loan. Once that's done, the dominoes will start falling. Best of all, we've created several reward levels to thank you for your generosity. They range from branded t-shirts to free food and drink on premise. So please take the time to explore and thank you for your consideration. We hope you become one of the founding members of B-Rock and Bottoms Up. To contribute, please go to GoFundMe.com slash B-Rock. That's GoFundMe.com slash B-Rock, B-I-E-R-O-C-K. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment. The Packers lost tight end Jared Cook to the Oakland Raiders on Thursday, signing a two-year contract worth up to $12.2 million, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. That would appear to include incentives he may or may not earn, but it did say the report did that the first year was fully guaranteed. So take that for what you will. Uh, So now that Jared Cook has signed elsewhere, the Packers have a better idea of what they'll be getting in the compensatory draft pick formula. I'm making a projection here. This is not official, but the Packers look to get four extra The full complement of four compensatory draft picks next year. So we're talking the 2018 NFL draft. And it looks like they're going to get an extra third round draft choice and three fifth round draft choices next year. TJ Lang looks to net the third rounder while some combination of Cook, Micah Hyde, J.C. Treader, and Eddie Lacy will get them the three fifth round draft choices. Uh, Again, I may be wrong, but we'll invite Nick Corte of OverTheCap.com when the free agency deadline passes in May uh, to to count toward the formula. So we'll get his thoughts on the topic then. And, you know, sometimes guys are kind of right on that, the line, whether, you know, there'll be a a fourth-round choice or a third-round choice, and we'll talk to him about how they can – you know, bump that up potentially and what it takes. It's 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 kind of very involved and there's no, you know, strict, you know, answer that I can give you definitively at this point. Uh, I'm just, you know, making my guesses now, uh, but pretty sure that the Packers will be getting all four, uh, as we noted in the last episode, uh, only making it more certain as Jared Cook signs with the Oakland Raiders. Of course, all these guys got to make the roster, though. Uh, if they don't, if they get cut, then then things change. Um, but in other NFL news, uh, the league released its leaders in performance-based pay on Thursday, and the leader for the Green Bay Packers was cornerback Ladarius Gunter, who earned an extra $300,000, a, a little north of that, actually. Uh, Performance-based pay is a benefit agreed to in the league's collective bargaining agreement that pays lowly paid players extra money for the amount of playing time they see. So, in other words, 
The more snaps they're on the field for, the more they're paid. Um, in the case of Gunter, he was an undrafted free agent. Therefore, the amount of money in his contract is relatively small, at least compared to his peers. Uh, but because he saw a lot of playing time, played a lot of snaps, he made more money in performance-based pay than anyone else on the team. ESPN's Rob Domovsky has the entire list. You can see that at ESPN.com if you want. And, and rounding out the top five on the team were linebackers Joe Thomas and Jake Ryan, safety Kentrell Bryce, and tight end Richard Rogers. all guys who you know, received relatively less money than than their peers, you know, than the Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews of the world. That's why these guys get a little bonus money uh, because they're out on the field a ton and uh, not being paid, you know, commensurate to that. So uh, for a guy like Ladarius Gunter getting $300,000, that's a nice little bonus for him. And uh, after playing so many snaps... He deserved it. At the other end of the spectrum, just to give you a fuller picture, cornerback Sam Shields received the least amount of money in performance-based pay, just a little over $1,000. Uh, he received the least because, A, he only played in one game, so very few amount of snaps, and, B, he already had a contract that paid him a significant amount of money. You know, he had already hit free agency once, and struck it big with the Green Bay Packers for, you know, north of $10 million. I don't even remember what the exact figure was now, uh, but he made quite a bit. Uh, although uh, the 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 base salary of his last season was uh, nullified after being released by the Packers, but still, up to that point, made a good amount of money. Um, the Green Bay Packers made a pair of lower-profile signings on Wednesday, the first was linebacker Jordan Tripp, who was a restricted free agent. The team did not tender, so that very likely means the Packers signed him to a lesser amount than the lowest tender total of $1.8 million, almost guaranteed. So technically, he was a free agent free to sign with any team he chose since the start of free agency, so for the last two weeks or so. Um, or, or one week, I should say, uh, but he comes back to the Green Bay Packers. The other was fullback Joe Carriage, uh, who signed his exclusive rights tender with the Packers. He really couldn't go anywhere uh, unless the Packers didn't want him back, but they do. Neither move came as a surprise. Carriage is the insurance policy for fellow fullback Aaron Ripkowski, uh, well, the trip signing made sense for, for special teams, if nothing else, although I'm interested to see what he looks like at linebacker with a full season under his belt. Um, you know, the, these are moves when the roster is at 90 players, and if you look across the NFL, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. Somebody could feel free to go look it up if they want, but the Packers have among the least amount of players under contract of any team in the league. Because, you know, at this time of year, with 90-man with rosters, people are taking chances on guys that, you know, may or may not make it. They they hope they work out, hope these are diamonds in the rough, but uh, more than likely many of them may not be. But there's there's no hurt in bringing these guys back for the Packers. At least they were both with them last season. They kind of know the the X's and O's, they know the schemes and systems. Uh, and, you know, for both these guys, probably their 
their biggest contributions would be on special teams. Uh, I, I think Jordan Tripp played fantastic in the the five games he played with the Packers, albeit a small sample size there. He played the final two games of the regular season and then all three playoff games. And uh, I thought he really looked good out there and could maybe be one of the Packers' core special teams players. Uh, of course, that means he, he's got to find a roster spot, though. You know, the Packers will only keep so many inside linebackers on the team. you got to think there's they already have spots earmarked for, you know, Jake Ryan, for Blake Martinez, for Joe Thomas. Uh, the Packers will probably keep a fourth inside linebacker, which is good news for George Tripp. But that assumes they don't draft one. Now, all of a sudden, the Packers draft an inside linebacker. It's going to be that much harder for a guy like Tripp to make the roster. So we'll see what happens in the NFL draft. And uh, as for carriage, you know, like I said, the insurance policy to Aaron Ripkowski, although I was impressed how quickly he got ingratiated into the Packers offense. Frequently, it was when they went to, like, double fullback sets like the inverted wishbone and things like that. You know, there's probably only a dozen times throughout the season they did that, so he really didn't play all that much. But I was just surprised, you know, he was a mid-season signing. He wasn't even in training camp with the Green Bay Packers. They, I think they signed him to the practice squad for a few weeks, but, all, you know, they, they elevate him to the 53-man roster at mid-season when some injuries happen, and almost right away, uh, they weren't afraid to use them on offense, uh, albeit, like I said, just a snap here and a snap there. But it's like he almost got involved in the offense earlier than Aaron Ripkowski did his rookie season. I really like Carriage as, as a fullback. You know, it's it's tough for teams to carry more than one fullback on the roster, and it probably doesn't help that they actually signed Lance Kendricks, who will kind of play that H-back role with the Packers. Not that he's going to be a lead blocking fullback in the traditional sense, but it's just another guy who's going to, you know, play out of the backfield and more often than not run routes for the Packers. Um, but, you know, it's it's just that much tougher for a guy to get in the backfield than a guy like Joe Carriage. But uh, like I said, no hurt. I mean, if, if all of a sudden Aaron Ripkowski goes down, Joe Carriage is the, the go-to fullback and lead blocker then. So uh, that's why they re-signed him. All right, next segment. The day ahead. There's not much guaranteed to happen on the Packers schedule over the next few days, over the weekend. No deadlines. Most of the free agents are already signed. Maybe we get a surprise and they sign a free agent out of the blue, but there's no guarantee. Long snapper Brett Good is one of those kind of at large. I don't know. You know, the Packers signed a, a, another long snapper in the offseason. I don't know if they're really not motivated to sign him or not. I would think they'd bring him back to compete. Anyway, we we have no guarantees going to sign over the next few days for our next episode of Railbird Central. Uh, about the only thing I can give you is the pro day schedule on Friday, March 17th. The following college, colleges are hosting such events. Uh, here's the list of them. Georgia Tech, Oregon State, Middle Tennessee, Old Dominion, Arkansas State, Northern Arizona, Bucknell, and Kennesaw State. So, you know, what was there? About 10 of them or so? Uh, Packers scouts will be at least a few of these pro day events as they get ready for the NFL draft. As I warn you every time, the, the Packers don't publish 
which events they send scouts to. Sometimes you hear reports about a Packer scout being at such and such pro day. Um, some, sometimes you don't. I mean, it's fully dependent on reporters to release that information. If they if they don't report it, then we don't really know. Um, or if we don't see pictures of them there, we don't really know. But but that's about it. That even the NFL world seems to be focused on basketball this weekend. And it doesn't hurt that it's St. Patrick's Day. People want to celebrate, not work. So not a whole lot of football probably going on over this weekend. But uh, we'll get back to it again on Monday here at Railbird Central, uh, which airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. On Monday, we'll be talking more uh, free agency. If anything happens out of the blue, we'll have it covered. And, of course, we'll be looking forward to the NFL draft. So we'll talk to you then. We'll see you, folks. Uh, have a good weekend. On behalf of everybody at uh, Cheesehead T- TV, I'm Brian Caribou. I leave you today with a song called, um, if I can find it here, So Far From Home by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.